welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 96. So I'm back today with the second episode of our two-part series on silence. I believe silence is a superpower that we can leverage to our advantage in the design and facilitation of our museum and gallery programmes. And last week, in episode 95, I talked about why silence matters and I shared some insights into why we should be harnessing this superpower in our programs. And I also explored the flip side, why some people feel uncomfortable around silence and how you can help participants to overcome this discomfort. Then I explored eight reasons why silence is beneficial for both you as a facilitator and for your participants. Today I'm sharing seven ways that you can make time and space for more silence in your programs. But before that, if you'd like to support the show and keep it going from strength to strength, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bown. I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can also help this podcast reach more people by posting about it on social media and also by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends too. Thank you for the support. It helps keep the show growing. Now let's get on with today's show. So following on from last week's episode, talking about the benefits of some silence in your museum and gallery programs, this week I'm sharing how to do it. So a little bit of silence in your programs can benefit you as the facilitator and the audience by promoting reflection, active listening, observation, engagement and flexibility. It contributes to a more meaningful and effective experience for all involved. So how can we create more opportunities for silence in our programs? So my first piece of advice is to set expectations at the start. We talk about this a lot on this podcast, but when you have your four-step introduction, we talked about this in episode 44, as part of this introduction, you might want to share some guidelines. You might want to set expectations for behavior, but also set expectations for what type of program is about to happen. So you might want to state in advance and get people ready for the kind of thing that you want them to do in the museum. So you could explain that there will be moments of reflection throughout the program or that there might be some pauses for people to reflect and think. You could perhaps also say that silence is going to be a natural part of the program and that it's okay to have some moments of quiet reflection. However you want to say it, say it in your own unique way and then when the silence does arrive, they don't feel uncomfortable, they don't feel it's awkward. 
So normalise silence as a regular practice in your programmes rather than something awkward or uncomfortable. You might also perhaps want to share some of the benefits around silence and say that, you know, perhaps this will make this programme more relaxed, will offer some time to think or will help us recharge and disconnect. Whatever words you choose to use, you're setting up those expectations. Now, the next way to encourage more silence on your programmes is to be very intentional around wait time. Did you know that the average wait time after asking a question is around two to three seconds? Not very long at all. Now, for closed questions, if you're asking those very simple closed questions with a short or a yes or no answer, try three to five seconds. But for open-ended questions, you're going to need to wait longer. You need to perhaps wait up to 15 seconds for open-ended questions. And that's because the questions you're asking, these open-ended questions, need more thinking about. People need time to prepare an answer. So you can count in your head if that helps you. But it's really important to allow wait time. So ask your question and then wait. If necessary, you might want to count to five in your head before even thinking about saying anything. Be patient and comfortable with the silence. You're giving your participants a chance to think and then to respond to you. So do not be tempted to go in, however tempting it might be, with a follow-up question. Bear in mind also that some participants may feel uncomfortable with silence. So as we said last week, this might be caused by social conditioning or fear of judgment or a need for constant stimulation. And again, you can help to avoid this with the first step I talked about. This is setting expectations at the start that you'll be asking them for thoughtful responses in this program and also modelling being happy with silence yourself, which we'll come on to later. The third way to encourage more silence is to practice active listening. So active listening involves fully focusing on and engaging with the speaker. And when we actively listen, we refrain from interrupting and judging or formulating responses in our heads. We are just focused on the person who is speaking. And this allows us to truly hear and fully understand what is being communicated. And I think as an additional bonus, Active listening also creates space for moments of silence and pause during the conversation. So silence and pause are actual natural parts of active listening and they provide a moment of reflection for the listener to fully absorb and process what's being shared before you then formulate your response. So silence can also actually encourage the speaker to continue talking and sharing and clarifying their thoughts. This silence creates an environment where both the listener and the speaker can feel heard, respected and valued. And if you want to know more about active listening, do go and listen to episode 66. It will tell you all you need to know. 
So the fourth way you can encourage silence is to sprinkle in some silent observation activities. So as I frequently say, all artwork and objects discussions should start with observation. And some of these can be done silently. You can encourage your participants to engage in observation for a few moments before jumping into talking, before jumping into discussions or explanations. And you should model this as a facilitator. So when you arrive at an object or an artwork or at a stop on a guided tour, don't immediately start talking. Say that you're going to spend a few moments here looking at it and then we're going to talk. You can look at my How to Look at Art Slowly guide. In that, I've shared over 30 different ways you can structure the observation of an artwork or an object. And some of these can be done in silence. So depending on the type of program that you're facilitating, you can include some observation activities that are quiet and thoughtful and others that are more talkative or creative or involve movement. But you'll find that a few moments of silent looking does wonders to refocus a group that have arrived in a harried or stressed or unfocused state in the museum, allowing them to silently observe and quietly reflect on the piece for a few moments really, really helps before you then go into the discussions. It really focuses everyone. And whilst they are silently looking, you can look quietly too. It gives you time to breathe and relax as well. So the fifth way you can encourage more space and time for silence is to provide time for drawing or writing activities. So these can be reflective writing, creative writing, any type of sketching activity, and they don't have to be huge activities. After all, you could easily fill an hour just with a writing or drawing exercise. But see these as a way of pacing your program more slowly and offering a chance to pause and do something different that's not talking. So I think the act of just writing down your thoughts or feelings in response to an artwork for just a minute or two really does reset the atmosphere in the room, especially if everyone's arrived all high energy and scattered in their focus. I'd recommend listening to episode 49 with Mary Hall Surface. It's got some great ideas in there for how you can use creative writing in your programs. And also episode 61 with Carly Allen. We were exploring, I think it was last July, how we can use drawing and mindfulness to connect with art. And finally, episode 25, I'll put all of these in the show notes, shares three thinking routines that you can use in the museum for drawing. The sixth way is to create moments for you to pause. So this is all about silence for you. So it's really important to create moments in your program where you can pause, not talk and have some silence. And if you design your programs, you can build these moments into the sequencing of your stops or activities. And it will really give you an opportunity to check in with yourself, but also to observe your group and take the temperature of the room. 
So, for example, you could have your group working in pairs or in small groups, and they could be answering questions or doing an activity. And this would give you a moment to be quiet. So you can use this time to regroup, collect your thoughts and engage in a bit of reflection. But you can also use it as a chance to observe your group. So I talk about this in episode 42, which is how to read a group. You are basically just observing how the group interacts with one another. You're noticing who's talking, who's quiet, who looks enthusiastic, who's a bit more reluctant. And it will give you such great insights into the group dynamic. So by creating these moments for yourself of silence... You can also identify any shifts in the audience's attention or sudden changes in their behaviour or differences in their energy level, and then you can react to it. And the final way is modelling it yourself. So model being comfortable with silence because it can really help others to feel more at ease with it. If you demonstrate comfort with silence and actively practice it throughout your program, it can create a positive influence on all your participants. When others see you being comfortable with it, they may also feel more at ease with silence and be more inclined to incorporate it in their own behaviour. So think about modelling it and think about how contagious this will be for the rest of your group. So that's it. Seven ways to include more time and space for silence in your museum and gallery programs. We've learned that silence can enhance our program design and our facilitation. And we've explored seven ways that you can use it as a superpower. So I'd love to hear how you're going to create more opportunities for silence in your programs. Which one of these are you going to implement in your practice? Do tell me about it. Thanks for listening today. Go to the show notes to find links for all the episodes that I've mentioned. And you'll also find links to my most recent resources, including my free slow art guide, ultimate thinking routine list, and many more. That's all for today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.